0: I'm really excited about today's episode because we have Michaela, our midwife.
1: Yeah, she is back. First time in a long time, I think.
0: Well, she's never made the podcast before.
1: No, but just as in being in touch again. You know, it's been (laughs) 14 months now, so...
0: Yeah, and... Michaela, actually, I still remember, and we're going to go into this uh, after we do all the intro and stuff, but I still remember meeting her the first night that I was having my induction, and I just remember I had to say, like, I want a hypnobirth, just because someone was like, just make sure you hit the the nurse up the night before. And so that's actually why we've got her on to chat today, um, because we are going to talk about hypnobirthing, because she now is actually running hypnobirthing classes and mentoring and um, educating Uh, you know new mums and new mums to be all about the hypnobirthing experience so we're going to delve into that but welcome to first time parents an unedited unfiltered podcast about us as first time parents sharing all our shitty and glorious moments
1: 14 months and going strong, I must say.
0: Yeah, we said we're going to record it every week for a year. And we I think we had
1: one week off a couple had... weeks ago. Because it was our wedding anniversary, we thought we'd spoil ourselves.
0: Yeah, and if you don't know who we are, you might be tuning in for the very first time. I'm Heidi. I'm Griffo. And yeah, we're first-time parents to Memphis. Um, it's been a ride. And if you want to go back and listen to any of those podcasts, it, it all started literally after the week he was born. And um, we've shared everything from not being able to sleep, to our relationship to fights to everything so speaking of sleep uh massive massive love to our beautiful sponsors love to dream they've actually created a free sleep guide to build healthy sleep foundations um for new parents
1: yeah and um yeah off the back of that i mean we've had so much help and i can't say enough of like how good it's been like, oh. Without that, we would be an absolute mess.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I was thinking about this because I got a message from a friend this week saying that she downloaded the free sleep guide and she was like, it's a game changer because she didn't know how to um, help her baby self-settle. And I was like, I started thinking about when we used to oh rock God. Memphis for hours and hours and hours. And you'd I think you'd spend like half an hour rocking him to sleep and then you'd go put him in the cot and then what would happen?
1: He'd start screaming. <laughs> So then you just put them in the cot, start shaking the cot, <laughs> and the so, things you do.
0: And so, yeah, you would literally, so it's like, rock of baby. So if you want to um, check this out, they have so much information on um, self-settling with their babies, which is so awesome. So do download it. It's free, a free sleep guide to build healthy sleep foundations from love to dream. Like I said, the feedback has been absolutely amazing. And it's just those little game changing moments that can really work for you. So check it out in the show notes to download your free sleep guide by Love to Dream. Ah, now for Michaela. I feel like we do need, you know, like ah, praise music. We well we, Michaela,
2: welcome. Thank you. Yay. I feel like yeah, I need the red carpet and lights. and <laughs> the
1: streamers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <Confetti>.
2: <laughs> well, we
0: actually spoke about you in our, um, I think it was literally the very first episode we recorded and it was all about our birth story. And you were absolutely sensational.
2: Oh, thank you. I felt the same about you too. Like I just remember being blown away by how much support and love was in that room and that's always, like, two really key elements with the birth. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like I didn't have to do much. I just stepped back and you guys were awesome together. Just such an amazing team. Oh thank yeah, you. But Honestly, you know, I get emotional when you say that. But
1: off the back of that, we felt that with you. Yeah. you know, we felt that you were the right person. You know, midwife for us. Obviously, unfortunately, you couldn't be there throughout because of the time frame.
2: But yeah, yeah
1: when you were there, we just felt humble and we felt comfortable. You don't want to be—you're already in a weird position, so yeah. you want to be really comfortable with the people around you. And that Absolutely. you were. Yeah. and I
2: think we were so lucky that I got to meet you the night before. Yeah, so definitely. I'm sure you were feeling a bit nervous the night before, and um, we could just talk through what you wanted. Yeah. which yeah is really important that mums feel that they can voice. And partners, what they want in their birth, um, and then it meant that the next day we were just on the same page, oh, you know, for that birthing journey.
0: You walking through the next morning because I think you'd come and told us because you were on the late shift, and I think I came in for the induction to have the balloon and everything. And I remember I was actually a bit nervous asking for what I wanted, and that was yeah. because um, you know, the judgment in, or something, yeah, judgment, or... and then, like yeah. it's so clinical yeah. in a hospital, like which is you know and. I kind of was like didn't really have a choice because of gestational diabetes and induction that it was encouraged. So I did have a choice, but it was encouraged that I did that. And um, I remember being in there and I was like, oh, my God, am I going to be like too hippie with like my crystals (laughs) and this and that? And then I remember you walked in and you were just having a chat to us. And it was just so easy from the get-go. And I remember we kind of told you, but I was like I said, I was nervous. I'm like, I, I really want to birth tomorrow. So is there anyone on the ward? And then you're like, I'm going to be working tomorrow. And you came back that night and you'll, yeah, when yeah. you walked through that door, I was like, yes, this is going to be the best. Yeah.
2: And so many mums do feel nervous to ask for the hypnobirthing mm. techniques and support. And I know, I mean, I was a midwife when I first heard about hypnobirthing. And even I thought, well, what is this? Like, Do people just go with their clocks in front of people, (laughs) like dangling in front of people? Yeah, put them to sleep. And (laughs) you do, I think some people have the wrong idea about what hypnobirthing is. Because the main message I mean, I run the program that Hypnobirthing Australia um, teaches. And the main message is that um, you want to release and let go to the birthing journey, Mm. but that also you want to positively and calmly meet any turn that your birthing journey takes. Um, And so we do want to keep the process as natural as possible, Mm. but we also um, like appreciate and understand that medical interventions have their place, that we're so lucky to have access to that um, in Australia. um, And that we, I think mothers and birth partners need to play a very active role in the decision-making process. So it's this old school way of thinking where, you know, doctors and midwives have control and they tell you what to do. Mm. And I've really seen this shift and change in culture over like the last few years where women and p- birth partners have access to information and there is just this like wave of woman empowerment coming through and we rock it. Yeah, Like awesome. we are just owning it. And I, I just feel spoiled that I get to be a part of this yeah. That's awesome. And you,
0: like, I mean, but we witnessed how amazing you were firsthand and how, um, I think because we, a big thing that we kind of learnt from hypnobirthing was to communicate, didn't we? And we had, like, I think that was the thing we didn't realise. Like, we went to those antenatal classes with the hospital, but... You know, they're so long and, you know, I think they're like all day. You kind of don't, it just feels like a bit.
1: I think it needed to be broken up. So what we did was five sessions over a couple months. With hypnobirthing. Yeah, and I think that would be probably better.
0: Well, you can do that, but we chose to do the full day thing. Right. Yeah, because otherwise it was like you'd have to be there every Tuesday and you were working away. But I just found that with hypnobirthing, I don't know, I got more out of the education and, and yeah. I was also empowered. I think whereas you do the antenatal class at the hospital and you definitely should do those, but they're, they're very like, this is what you do. They're, like they're not yeah. necessarily empowering per se. Whereas That's
2: exactly right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the hospital programs um, that I've seen, um, they're very clinical. Um, so it's like, this is an epidural needle yeah. and I feel like if someone showed me an epidural needle, I would, I would be so scared. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas the Hit My Birthing Australia program, it's broken into four units. And so the first one is about, um, understanding your mind and how to have a positive mindset and all about that, um, connection between your mind and your body, Mm. um, the power of language, and we also understand our bodies. We go into the science as well. So looking at how we're wired to birth in our brain, <clears throat> looking at the uterus um, and then understanding our hormones. And then that education really like, um, is the foundation to then looking at all the other units. So the second unit is about our toolkit for birth. So we look at um, like affirmations, massage, acupressure, um We look at breathing and we also do discuss epidurals and morphine or gas and air. So it's looking at this toolkit um, that you need to know about everything and that you will then be able to pick and choose what is right for you Mm. in those moments. And then the third unit, which is my favourite, it's all about how to make informed decisions and how knowledge is power. Mm. And I think that's where... um, women and birth partners realise that a lot of this is within their control Mm -hmm. um, or it should be in their control and how to have healthy open discussions with their healthcare providers. So I think there's no use coming into um, a discussion ready to have a fight because when you go in and feel that there's a fight brewing, you actually go into a fight and flight response Mm -hmm. and that really narrows your field of vision and it's your creativity and um, being open so we look at how do you have discussions that lead to you being informed and making informed decisions so like what are the benefits what are the risks um what if we wait and do nothing um also trusting your instinct and having time to have a conversation with just you and your partner about what's right for you guys um so i love that unit Mm. i think as well before i became a midwife i was probably also of the belief that if you were to go in and have a baby you just hand over all of your power to the healthcare providers yeah um but we really recognize that it's a team and that um yeah as i said earlier that mothers and birth partners must play an active role in that and i also just wanted to add that nothing can be done to you without your consent. Yeah. And it's sometimes scares me or saddens me that when mums don't know that and they Mm. learn about it later, they think, oh yeah, no one actually asked me to do that vaginal examination. Um, No one asked me before touching my breasts. Maybe that's why I do look back and I feel traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. Because people forget that it's their bodies and that, yeah, like they have control over that. Mm, um, that's so true. Said, mm. And then the last one, the last unit's all about the birth and bringing it together. So what to expect leading up, what to expect during the birth. Um, we'd look at breastfeeding, skin-to-skin, delayed cord clamping, all of those um, good things. And um, there's a lot of homework for parents to do, like yeah. putting together a birth preference so that um, – Birth partners and mothers are all on the same page about what they want. We encourage they have these conversations during pregnancy as well because then they're on the same page as their healthcare provider. Um, and it also means that if some things aren't available, they know about it sooner rather than later. So, like, for example, with an induction, um, if you just have your waters broken, often you still can um, use the bath or use a shower. But then once they start a mm. syntocin and drip often the, the bath or possibly the, the shower might not be an option yeah so um it's just about saying okay well if water at some point isn't an option what else do i want yeah like i want the fitball i want to use a tens machine um i want to be upright and moving so yeah. it just also prepares you um mentally so yeah, I like I really but like it. I
0: a bit. I just went back to the moment of the tens machine in the in the um, really? hospital with you too and I was like, "Oh my god, I remember thinking that that was the best idea ever." And I now I look back, I'm like, "I don't know if that was that great." Like the <laughs> tens machine. I'm like, and just thinking
2: of those that pain yeah. now, I'm like, "Oh my god, I actually yeah. forgot about that." <laughs> <laughs> I do uh, have their place. Yes. They are really awesome when you use them in early labour. Mm. Um, Induced so labour, maybe I not. I always encourage mum. So if, if you are going to potentially spontaneously labour at home yeah. um, or we, you know, put it on really early um, before the syntosin and drip goes on, but it does help you, um, I guess, like waste, t- not waste time, but like, get
0: through time yeah yeah um so but yeah you want to waste time in there believe me like (laughs) oh my god i just like i said it's bringing back all these memories now with you but i think with hypnobirthing, like, I think the biggest things that I got out of it was exactly what you said, like, being empowered, but also the conversations that we all had in the room. Like, I yeah. felt like we, you know, we kind of set that standard, didn't we, all yeah. of us? And we said, you're like, what do you want? And we said, like, we just want to literally just have conversations and mm. know what is going on and be informed Oops. so then we can make conversations. And that is one of the reasons why I truly believe that I wasn't traumatized by Having a C section and not having what I wanted, and because I know so many women who have had traumatic births, and then it's led to postnatal depression and anxiety, and it's, um, and so I know for me, I was really conscious of wanting to keep everything calm. Yes, and And you guys did that for me, you know, like
2: with our conversations. Yeah, That's, that's exactly what I would want to hear. I mean, I've seen as a midwife, I've been a midwife for five years now, and it actually doesn't matter if you have a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth. Women, so it's, it's like not even the outcome in, in how you birth, women can still feel traumatized from that experience mm. and a big part of it is if they feel like the power was taken away from them and yeah. that they weren't able to make informed decisions or they actually did feel really pressured into making a decision that then they look back later and think, actually, I don't know if that was right for me. Mm. Um, so I see... We, at the start of our course, we actually asked women, what do you think would make this a positive birth yeah. regardless of how the baby comes out? And I find them saying having informed decisions and, as you said, being included in the decision-making process mm. yep. is key. Yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I know with us, with all the, the groundwork we have done prior we had a, a birth plan that we wanted to go for um, but at the same time we we're very understanding that as you said earlier on things do change along the way and you've got to be open-minded yes. um, but I think with the research we had done and the knowledge we had gained we sort of went into going this could go so many ways yeah and we knew which way we'd like to go but at the same time we knew where we we're gonna to have to give if push comes to shove
2: yeah, yeah. No pun yeah. intended. <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> Um, that just got me thinking as well of the importance that birth partners, like the role that birth partners play. So when a woman is in the throes of labor, you actually go into a part of your brain where you can't have intellectual conversations.
1: (laughs) Is that all the time or or like outside of birth as well?
2: (laughs) (laughs) all the time. (laughs) When women are like in labor or going into labor, um, their brain kicks into the reptilian part of their brain, and that is because birth is an instinctual activity. Mm. So it's just like sleep or breathing or how your heart rate goes up. That that just happens instinctually, and it doesn't um, take much thinking to to birth. Um, but the problem is that, as you were saying earlier, like with the medicalization or the the birth environment that hospitals have because they're quite clinical. Um, it does encourage stimulating high-level thinking conversations Mm. and um, that then uses our neocortex and um, actually stops the reptilian brain from being able to function as it should. Mm. So these conversations are really important to have in pregnancy. Yeah. And then once you're in the throes of labour and you want to be in that reptilian brain, Mm. that is where birth partners play a vital role at advocating for mothers because they know what mothers want. They're on the same page and they can be that voice. Um, so we ha- get so many amazing birth stories back because of the work for the work that I do. And um, there'll be things like I had the story the other day where a woman had been pushing for two hours and they hadn't seen any descent of the baby and they had, were starting to say to her, you need to go we're going to take you to theatre, we'll try and get the baby out with a vacuum or forceps, but if that doesn't work, we'll have to go for an emergency caesarean. And the dad, knowing um, how to advocate for his partner, he said, well, what are the risks at the moment? We're watching this baby's heart rate. Is the baby not coping? Um, And at that point, the baby was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said, and I can tell my partner still has a little bit in her, can what if, what, how much time do we have just to keep going as long as my partner and um, baby are healthy and fine? And that doctor said, I'll give you an extra half an hour. And that was all the time she needed in wow. 20 minutes. awesome. She just wrapped it up and that baby was crowning, And um, yeah, so she managed to
1: cool.
2: get wow. that vaginal birth. But if her birth partner didn't know how to advocate for her, mm. um, and you know, the circumstances could have been different. The baby possibly couldn't have been coping. Yes, yeah. in in which case they would have said, "Well, then our informed decision is to get this baby out and have a healthy, yeah, um, yeah, and baby." So, yeah,
1: smart that sort of decision, you know, because you you got to trust in the Western medicine to go right. The doctor does know best, but at the same time, yes. you want to be able to push a little bit, I think, as well, just to test them uh, to make sure that hey, you got an extra half an hour and you got your natural birth. So that's yeah, that's and awesome.
2: to know that the risks. Um, but aren't quite there yet. Yeah. So at that point, their baby actually was doing fine and that mum was doing fine. What, being in the hospital, they were watching the time mm. and I guess due to time, they were going, oh, you haven't had this baby yet. Yes. Um, and, yeah, so they just gave her the extra 30 minutes and, yeah, that's when I think, see, birth partners play such an active, yeah. huge role and I think a lot of um, partners don't realise that. and. no. You know, sometimes when they don't know that, they just sit in the side of the room or the back of the room, don't do anything. And that's what I loved also about Griffo. He was so hands on. Uh, Yeah. You know, whispering sweet affirmations in your ear. Stop it. Imagine Heidi, if I was coming up to you, touching you, and whispering sweet things in your ear, you'd be like, "Who are you? Get away!" No, but
0: I remember you. What I thought you were amazing was when I remember even when they were breaking my waters at the start and I remember how uncomfortable that is. Like I just – and I remember you are like, this is where you can start, Heidi. This is where you start the breathing and I think – that was what like we didn't think that yet. Do you know what I mean? Like we it's hadn't and so you on, kind of out. Yeah, yeah, we're both kind of freaking out. But you kind of um having that support in a midwife or, you know, um another um mum or whoever was like it was good because sometimes, you know, it felt like a little bit sometimes like we would go into numb like you you know both of us because you were seeing me in pain or, yeah, a lot and so you were there on, so. just being that third person like kind of like a helicopter hovering over <laughs> you know like just checking that everything's okay and then giving us the
2: pump up when we
0: ne- both needed
2: it yeah yeah and i think that is that fight and flight because you get this adrenaline and you just can't yeah. think and so um that's the beauty of having caregivers that are supportive yeah and can see the bigger picture yeah and can say you know it, everything's okay As you said, do your breathing or let's read some affirmations and relax you back down because when you are relaxed, that's what gets your oxytocin and your endorphins flowing. Mm. Um, So the adrenaline inhibits it from being released. So you do need to find those tools that are going to calm you back down.
0: Oh, and like I said, the hypnobirthing for us, like, and, you know, I swear they should be paying me for the amount of times that I've talked about how amazing it is. <laughs> so you could talk to them about that, Michaela. Just throwing that
2: out there. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing
0: it out there. hope they listen to this. Um, Christmas bonus. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> maybe they want to be a sponsor of the podcast sometime. Because, um, like, honestly, I just, I'm such an advocate for it because, like I said, I saw one of my good friends have a baby. She had her baby six months before us and she had mm. a horrific trauma birth and afterwards her baby wasn't sleeping she was actually had um, the start of postnatal depression anxiety and she ended up going to Nagala and they got the baby sorted and everything a few months later but she she specifically said to me when I was pregnant, she goes, promise me you'll do that hypnobirthing crap. And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, I just thought that's what it was. She goes, I thought, like, I was a bit hippie and this. And she goes, but she goes, now I wish that I did that, she said, because yeah. I, she wasn't informed on anything and yes. she was like you know what's yeah. that, that that hippie stuff and i was like oh don't worry i'm already doing it i'm like it's so amazing and blah 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 blah. and she's now just had her second and she went through the hypnobirthing program and everything and she's just like oh my god like why didn't yeah. i do this before but she believes that also like that's why they had trouble with her baby because he was so traumatized yeah. and yeah. um she you know she had to go in she felt like she didn't have any control she had um she, she took drugs and she felt like she was completely out of it when he had his birth so it was really quite horrific for her it
2: is hey because we want to have created this environment that after the birth you know if the mums can reflect back and see the positives that came out of it Mm. that it absolutely is going to assist with that connection with their baby and and that bonding and we in the program we also talk about how the bonding is starting in pregnancy Mm. and it should continue through the labor and birth and then be able to continue after birth as well yeah um something that I also love about the program is that we when we talk about birth preferences we say like what are your preferences for a vaginal birth but then also what would your preferences be for a cesarean birth yeah because there still should be things that can be put in place you know and it's something as simple as playing relaxing music yeah and that a woman can look back and think to herself you know okay we yeah we did have a very clinical cesarean section but I could close my eyes you know I could put A mask over my eyes and have that relaxing music playing in the background. And relaxing music it affects the partner as well and even the the team. Like I, whenever I walk into a room and there's music playing, you know, I'm like, oh, (laughs) what am (laughs) I doing? But then you look back at the cesarean and you you know what you'll remember is you know the sounds like the music that you were listening to. Yeah, you might wish to ask for the drapes to be dropped so that you can watch the birth of your baby because yeah. it is still, it's still a birth. Yeah. you have know, still growing this amazing baby and gone through the joys and the pains of pregnancy. Um, so it's like how do you still make it a really special mm. moment? And I, I think it's just it's being realistic. Like I'm very practical. Yeah. Um, and that's what this program is because – yeah, if it was, like, vaginal birth's the only way, like, well, it's not. Yeah. So... Yeah, you know like that. It's...
0: Like, you've witnessed that. Or oh, I mean, even with us, like, we knew that. And I, I had to keep talking, reminding myself that. And I think... Um, you know, like the funny thing about us is we had the affirmations playing. We ha- I had like the music playing beforehand and like we talk about this and I spoke about it on Australian Birth Stories. I think my favourite moment, you might have just left and we had the other midwife come in. It was just before we are going into surgery. And Griffo and I sat there and we just held hands and we yeah. just had this really beautiful moment because we were so calm. It wasn't like rush, 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 we're panicked. Oh, no, God, we don't know if we've made the right decision and blah, blah, blah. You know, we all had yeah. the chat like when his heart, was dropped like his heartbeat was dropping so so low and I remember like that moment for me is so special because we were like it's just us two before you know and we had that time to really process and then I remember I was I was feeling a little bit from the epidural but I was like, fuck it, I don't need my hypnobirthing music in here. They're like, let's play some <laughs> J- um, Jimmy Barnes and John Farnham and everything. And we had, like, rock music going.
2: What's <laughs> oh I, I was actually meant to say that as well. Like, I've seen women play R&B. Like, I've yes. seen, actually been at a birth where Ariana Grande was being played as the baby <laughs> was born and it was I was like, "Do I laugh? Because I really want to laugh." Yeah, oh, hey, I
1: want it. What, whatever floats, like, yeah. Outside, outside,
2: like, "Oh my gosh!" Is that "How you made the baby?" Um,
1: <laughs> Maybe that's the song they made. We had the like, baby.
2: yeah. Um, I was at a cesarean just a few weeks ago, and they decided to play Matt Miller.
1: Um, so good. I've been good. at a birth
2: where it was like heavy, like you know, high yes, hardcore and, metal, and that woman just needed like attitude to get a baby birth. Yeah. And, so, yeah, it's not always relaxing music, but it's what you know you need. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, I, I get a real kick out of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Um. Well, where can people find you, Michaela? Birth on uh, yeah. Instagram.
2: And then also, got, yeah, you go. So I've got Instagram and Facebook and a website. And yeah. so it's Earth, which is, you know, Earth, E-A-R-T-H, but E-D at yeah. the end. And then birth. Um, so, yeah, you just look up. Earthbirth Instagram, Facebook, or um, yeah, the, the websites dot com dot au.
0: And people can do hypnobirthing through you. Do you have to do it in person, or can you do it online?
2: Yep, you can do it online. So I'm based in Margaret River, um, and we're really lucky for um, WA regional mums. They have access to free hypnobirthing classes.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. So WA Country Health have wow. actually. Um, offered to, for women to get this program. I think because they're regional and they don't always have access mm-hmm. to the same um, programs that city mums get. Yeah. Um, so if you look up, um, it's called WAX, WA Country Health. Um, yeah. It's Bunbury Hospital that has started this. Uh, there's amazing an amazing midwife called Casey who really is spearheading this process. Um, so they have free online classes that I run with her um, and they've just had the most amazing outcomes. Like they're, they're seeing more spontaneous labours, um, more vaginal births, they're seeing water births, um, less epidural use. So that's that's been incredible to be a wow. part of. Uh, but then mums who are in the eastern states or in the cities um, who have contacted me, I do um, online Zoom classes with them so we can organise that. Um, And then I also have a few maternity products that I've put together and I also sell. So um, I'm very passionate about antenatal expressing. Yes. Um, As a midwife, I see a lot of mums hit um, those little speed bumps. Well, sometimes they're little speed bumps and sometimes they're big speed bumps Mm. with their breastfeeding journey um, that I think people just don't know about. Mm -hmm. And um, because babies do need to regularly feed at the start and they – you know, need that colostrum or that milk, if colostrum is not available, they have to go to formula. Mm -hmm. You can't just not feed feed the baby. (laughs) So um, I've just started to realise there was this gap in educating mums about collecting and storing their colostrum in pregnancy so that just in case they need it after birth, it's there, ready to go. They already know how to express the milk out of their breasts, um, they will also, I think, be more aware of their breast changes. Um, but then on top of that, so not only do we educate or do I educate, but um, I've got the kits ready to go. They're very practical.
0: Amazing. Um, it's got
2: everything that you would need. So um, that's something that I've put together. And and then I also sell um, other maternity products like teas, biscuits, um, the awesome hucker pumps. Oh, my God, um, they're so good. Yeah, so there's a few things on there, but yeah. I think I'm most passionate about antenatal expressing. Well,
0: definitely. and I think I actually mm-hmm. we were speaking about this before we started recording. Um, I think that is a definitely something that we're going to get you back on the podcast for because I know for me that is where I really could have used something like that, um, especially with mm-hmm. men having low blood sugars. That would have been awesome for us to have that now we were told earlier in the pregnancy but then those last few weeks i was so concerned about having to be induced that i was just my focus was on the birth and i wasn't thinking about the fourth trimester and i had a real battle with breastfeeding and also like i said him going to neonates. so i reckon Mm. we should definitely talk about that and do an episode on it yeah i think
2: i'm not a you're not alone that Uh, as a midwife i see majority of mums struggle with breastfeeding yeah and it really does take six to eight weeks to establish breastfeeding for most mums. Yeah. Um, and it isn't necessarily like oops, um, someone's just walked in. <laughs> really We're recording a podcast. Out. Hi. <laughs> I'm just in some random house. Um, so, sorry, what was I saying?
0: Yeah, so um, the breastfeeding six to eight weeks.
2: Yeah, and I think um, some mums think, oh, it might need to be a big issue like actually what memphis had with low blood sugars where you yeah. know he had to go to the nursery and that was a really big mm-hmm. um, that's a big deal but it's not um always when those big issues come ab- along it can be really minor issues like some babies are just mucusy for the yeah. first 48 hours after birth yeah um and because of that mucus they struggle to um, suck at the breast mm-hmm. and so then if uh, you've got your colostrum available you can um give that to your baby, and then just wait for that mucus to pass through. And in the meantime, get expressing. And so your milk supply is still um, going to kick in, but they're not going to formula. They've got your colostrum. So, um, yeah, I've seen it as such a
0: big gap. Oh, my gosh. So vital. Well, yeah. So vital. Yeah, well, if people want more information on that, they can check it out on your um, – send you an Instagram or jump on your website, which is EarthBirth. Um, we'll chuck it in the show notes. And make sure whilst you're in the show notes, you download the free sleep guide from Love to Dream. It's um, an amazing guide about healthy sleep foundations, self-settling, wake times. Like I said, just I keep thinking about the times that – everything we tried to do to self-settle when, you know, we could have just learned a few tips and tricks that these guys share um, from a whole bunch of sleep consultants so yeah make sure you download that um big love to love to dream who have sponsored us once again and Michaela we absolutely love you like I said we'd love to have you back on the podcast to talk about that because I think it's such an important thing um but yeah it's been so nice to see your
2: face again you guys too I Feel like I want to be there and give you guys a big hug. Yay! We'll have to. I'm yeah, be smiling all day now. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll definitely have to. Like
0: next time we're down in Mars, we'll have to um, drop in and see you. Definitely, that'd Yay. be
2: great. All right, uh, I just need to see Memphis as well. Oh yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of love. Thanks, see ya. Bye. Right. Bye. See you guys. Bye.